I'm Jody Whites, Results and Success Coach, and these podcasts teach you how to make significant changes to live your dreams, make a positive impact on the world, and drop your regrets. It's time for you to get spectacular. Welcome back to your spectacular life. I am Jody Whites, your coach to help you love your life and your work. I am thrilled today to have Heather DeSantis on your Spectacular Life podcast. Hi, Heather. Hi, I'm excited to be here. Woohoo! I love <laughs> excitement. Let me tell you a little bit about Heather before we jump in. Heather DeSantis is the CEO and founder of virtual PR agency, Publicity for Good. She is currently running the agency of 15 from a 23-foot airstream where she's traveling across the U.S. Her nomadic lifestyle and disruptive, results-focused, and client-centric approach to public relations has allowed her to break down geographic barriers, deliver real personalized service to clients located all over the US and grow her agency. Heather was also Miss Ohio International and has been featured on Fox News, Business Insider, ABC, CBS, and I am so thrilled again with those credentials to find out how you not only started your own agency, but then got to play with the big girls yeah. <laughs> and boys. <laughs> so, so Heather, um, tell me a little bit about you know where you started and whether you were always interested in social media and PR. So where, yeah, where did it all begin? Where did you grow up? Yeah, so I definitely grew up in the Midwest. My uncle was a very successful entrepreneur, um, built a very big real estate portfolio, and my father was a general contractor. And I saw what it looks like to build a business a very successful financially stable business like 50 million plus but very humble wearing jeans every day mm. when my uncle um passed away you know he was buried in sweatpants I mean like who you are like it doesn't matter what you wear all those like big big flashy things don't matter so I grew up with a dad and uncle who are entrepreneurs but they both passed away my dad died of lung cancer my mm. senior year of high school Oh, and I was the yeah. only child. So when you look at how do you honor your family and how do you connect with them, legacy was really what I kept thinking of. How do I build a life? How do I honor them? And being an entrepreneur was the only way that I knew how to do it. And I also knew when I was a kid, it's not like I grew up a wealthy life or like a silver spoon in my mouth. I just got to experience things. I got to go on trips with my school to Europe. I got to go mm. to the Virgin Islands um, on a marine biology trip in high school. And then when I went to go to college, um, I applied to about 30 different colleges. Um, 
I got um, half um, 50% um, tuition to go to a university because of all my CUNY service and my parents paid the rest. So I had no college debt. So wow. I realized the power that money can make and make a difference. And then I went to school, studied communication, and then I did an intensive at Georgetown. And um, it was through the Fund for American Studies and it was studying philanthropy and really asked yourself, what is your moral responsibility to give back? How can money really make a difference? Is it better to give someone $5 or is it better to teach them so they can take care of themselves? Really studying business, the free market, and just how businesses really can make a difference, make a lot of money, but make a lot of difference. Yeah, and you know, it really sounds like your uncle and dad passed on some pretty remarkable things. That is, work for yourself if you can, um, because I'm imagining they had the most control over their life. I mean, not only their appearance, but... Um, yeah but really doing well in the community and really helping others and passing on this more responsibility to you to do well for other people. So let's fast forward a little bit. You were, you know, doing some pretty wonderful things in college, doing communications, um, working at our, uh, going to school at Georgetown. Um, what, uh, when you got out, what was your first job or was this your first job? So when I was in college, I was headhunted and I ended up studying for my series six in college. And then I worked at an investment and company. series six is? It essentially gives you the license for people to invest their money uh, in mutual funds and different types of investments. Okay. So you were a finance girl. I, I was a people girl. And <laughs> yes. I barely passed the test. I think <laughs> the past you had to get a 70. The first time I took it, I got like a 68. And then I took it again. And I probably got like a 75. <laughs> um, I was more about the people. And I was passionate about life insurance. I was selling life insurance. And I knew that when my dad passed away, like, our, like literally my dad passed away, our house was paid in full. And I, I, I knew the value of that and also the value of how life insurance can protect entrepreneurs, help build a legacy. Um, so I was passionate about that, but more of a people person than numbers girl. Aww. So, you know, you were in finance and yes, you're dealing with people, but what you were doing in your um, agency, you know, publicity for good, is is very creative and um how did you flip over from insurance not saying it can't be creative in its own way but how did you flip over to uh you know more about being a creative arts or creative person sure so originally when i went to college i actually was an art major and special education minor because my dream was to be an art therapist to work with adults and kids that had a cognitive or physical disability or work at a children's hospital. So at the core of it, that's my heart. But at the time I was learning that a lot of hospitals weren't necessarily paying for art therapy. And I knew that like, I can still have my passions, but do it on my own time. I don't wanna make a career out of it. 
Um, but I was a communication major in college. So that's probably where it all stemmed from. All right. So how did you flip it? I mean, insurance, no doubt about it, is safe. Mm-hmm. Finance is safe. Um, starting your own business is not so safe. What did you tell yourself or or were there mentors or were you thinking of your father and just saying, I'm going to go for it? So, so at the time I was working at the investment company and I also was a wine tender at a local wine shop in Columbus, Ohio. And um, I knew I was going to leave the investment company. I think I was only there six months, but I knew I had to leave because essentially they said, if I didn't reach a certain point of a revenue level, that I wasn't going to be good enough or just it wasn't going to be a long-term solution. But I already knew that I was meant for something different. I then put a tweet on Twitter saying I was looking to get into PR. And then someone, a local radio station, I think, tweeted at me and suggested a PR agency. I reached out. Um, and that was really my journey where I was there three and a half years, really learning everything. Wow. So you, um, you were with this agency and, you know, learning everything that there was when, after the three and a half years were up, um, did you have the confidence? You certainly sound like you had the know-how to start on your own, but how, how did you get the confidence to go on your own? Yeah. So I was there for three and a half years so lucky with what I learned at the time I was in charge of publicity. So every single week I would secure 35 interviews and opportunities for our clients. So I literally had my planner and I knew how many people I had to call, how many people I had to email to reach my numbers. Um, And I also did new business as well. My issue or barrier with working there is there was no way that I could feel like I could be a multifaceted, passionate person. Um, And example, um, I was the highest producer at the company, but at the time on my own time for fun, I was a beach body coach could make a little bit extra money, filling (laughs) up my savings. I wasn't making a lot, but I enjoyed learning personal development. And it was something fun for me to do because I'm just a very multi-passionate person. And what is a beach body coach? It's a, it helps people with their health and fitness goals, but it's connected to a network marketing company. Um, and I did that on my own time, but essentially I was given an ultimatum that I could only work, even though I was the highest producer that I couldn't do the network marketing company. Mm -hmm. And, uh, With that pressure, seeing the work environment of no one eating lunch, like, Mm. as in like, I'm results driven, I'll get up at five in the morning to reach KPI, stay up till midnight. But if my mom comes in on Friday, I want the freedom and flexibility to be Heather 24 seven. And that was my struggle that everything was felt archaic, limited vacation. It was just And I could never imagine ever being able to get off, get my future children off the school bus with the way the environment was. Yeah. So it really sounded like uh, there was no 
work-life balance. I mean, you were, and, and no freedom if something came up to take care of stuff. So you saw your future. Like, I want to spend time with, you know, kids when I have them. I want to be there for them. I want to hear about their day. It doesn't mean I'm not going to step back into my home office and work. It just means that this company is smothering me with, with their rules and their culture, essentially. Yeah. Um, yay. So you, you jump off the wagon and you start um, publicity for good. And um, I love the way you describe it um, as a, a, as disruptive publicity. And can you, Tell me a little more about that. What does that mean? Yeah. So when we, when I built the agency, I wanted to do it differently. So we've been virtual since our beginning. So since 2015, 2016, we've always been virtual. Wow. You're way, way ahead of the, <laughs> the pandemic of way. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the first thing. The second thing is the typical structuring of peer agencies is based on here's our budget, here's our monthly retainer. Okay, there's gonna be three people working on the account. That's only 10 hours per month. Okay, done. Like, I don't care about the hours. I care about the results. So as a team, we do what it takes to get the job done. Sometimes that means we can working way more hours to get it done. It's the ebb and flow, but I care more about the results than the hours. So that's really one of our client-centric missions is that we are results-driven, not hourly-driven, because it would drive me nuts in that I have my KPIs. Every client was like 200 to 300% a goal. Tell the listeners what is a KPI. Key performance indicator. <laughs> there we go. And this is found on things like Google Analytics and... Um, a number of other ways to track um, whether or not you're doing well and if people are going to your website and buying things and, and you're being visited. Um, is that correct? It is correct, but it would drive me nuts in that I knew what my scoreboard was. I would get it done. But then come Friday a.m., it's just like you're sitting there to take up time when there's nothing else to do for that week. It's like just doing busy work, right? So that's why I structure things differently is it would drive me nuts. We met goal. We are on track. We're way over goal. Sometimes there's weeks where your soul just needs to do your team meeting, work until 12 or one and just go to the gym or whatever your soul needs because it's the ebb and flow. Sometimes when it's go time, it's go time. And that means 60 hours a week. But sometimes yeah. when you don't have things to do, it's okay to not be busy to get things done because you need to get the hours. Right. And it sounds like a much more creative and organic process as well. I mean, if you're in the flow and things are, you know, kind of brainstorming with your team and you want to keep that going, you don't want to say, oh, we're, you know, we're, we're out of hours here. Let's stop. And it really does sound like you really want to do well for your clients you want to give them the best work so when you say disruptive are you meaning that um it will disrupt a person from what they're doing to pay attention 
or are you saying it's disruptive because it's different than the other PR agencies? So it's definitely different than the other PR agencies, but then also it's consistency month over month. Like our clients are in the media, our clients are getting interviews, our clients are getting media opportunities month over month consistently. We literally will compare five other brands against our own and measure the share of voice. And it's every day, like the foot on the gas for our clients and whatever their goals are. Right. And, you know, can you recommend, let's say for the person starting out in their business, um, what, what tips can you give them to get their brand known on social media? Just maybe three things that they can do or more. Yeah. So I'd say the first thing to do is start local. I think so many people want national media, but really becoming a star where you are, local TV stations and radio stations always will have local talent. So I'd say definitely start there. And the other thing is if you want to be in the media, there's a transformation you have to go through. So instead of just selling a product, you're stepping into being the expert and the advocate for your industry. And with that, I have a rich formula that will really take you through the journey. And the R of the rich formula is to reflect on who you are. And I typically have people take a piece of paper and draw them as a baby to where they are now. And they need to literally write the monumental, monumental moments of their life because that's their PR story. My dad dying of cancer and my dad and uncle being entrepreneurs, that's my core story. I was a Girl Scout until I was 18. I was Miss Ohio. And then for two and a half years, we lived full-time in an Airstream. We just bought a farm. Yes, wow. I have publicity for good. Yes, I love PR. Yes, I have a seven-figure company. But it's those things that are my story. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And then you said rich. Is, is yeah. there an acronym? Yeah. yeah. So R is reflect. Mm -hmm. I is to investigate. So what you need to do is whatever, whatever you sell or whatever type of leader you are, you need to set up Google alerts so you can start seeing how people are talking about your industry and you can start thinking differently because how you pick yourself to the media is going to be different than email copy to get someone to book a sales call. It's more Mm -hmm. educational versus a sales pitch. And you mentioned Google Alerts. Yeah. So you can track your name, I'm assuming. Tell me a little bit about that. So for Google Alerts, you can set up alerts so that anytime a news article or a story goes live on the internet, you'll get a notification. So you could tag your industry. If you're a psychologist, you could type psychologist. If you're a CPA, you could do CPA. It's more of a to know what's going on in the industry so you can better serve your clients, but so you can use it as leverage um, to pitch the media. Hey, this is going on. I'd love to give you my opinion. Great. And is there a place that you can pitch um, the media? Is is there um, an area that you can say, I have an article to submit. I know Medium is one, but there may be a one place that will run with that. So if you go to, so if you use Google and its search functionality, you can type in free websites to write for, free, um, 
free business websites to be a contributor for, and those will all populate if you just do a Google search. That's great. Love that. Thank <laughs> you. All right. I love this. We're on the R, which is reflecting on yourself and, you know, in the moments in your life, investigating what's out there, what's the buzz, what's, what's going on, what are people writing about, and how can you write about that? Tell me about C. Yeah, so the C is connect, and it's really going to your own audience. A lot of times I'll have my clients go on Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn saying, hey, I'm an expert um, to talk about PR. If you have a mastermind or if you have an audience that would like PR tips, let me know. Um, you never know who your network is. So really starting with your network continuously, maybe once or twice a month making that ask on social media. And then you also can find media on social by searching for them. I would say just start following them to see what they talk about to build a friendship um, is great too. That's nice. So you're building your kind of, not your fan base, but you're building people who you feel you can be vulnerable with and say, hey, um, what would you suggest? Do you have anybody I could talk with? Um, do you have a group that I could talk with? That's a great one. I like that. It, it, you know, we, we can't do things alone. We, we need our people. <laughs> yeah. All right. I would say the other thing yeah. too is yeah. never say no. Like yeah. I've probably been in the media like 800 times. Um, if you Google my name, there are pages, there's probably like 10 pages of all my interviews. So can you imagine the power of when people Google your name and they want to hire you? Nice. Wow, that's great. Tell me, you know, just I'm going to back up a little bit. You were interviewing for that first PR job that you had, mm -hmm. which was not your agency. Um, what were you interviewing people about and, and how... Does interviewing or can play in building your business? What do you mean by that? Go well, um, you know, maybe there are people out there who you could potentially interview and say, I just want to write an article about you. Um, I am a business coach. And um, I'd love to hear your spin. Not all business coaches do things the same, see things the same. Everybody has their unique and special way of doing it. So just shooting off an email um, and wanting to interview them may be a way uh, to get your own name out there. So the thing that's great about it is if you're a business coach or someone, whenever you interview someone else, they're going to share it to their network. So you start getting your name out there, but then also there is brand alliance. So if you would interview Tony Robbins, now your name is associated with Tony Robbins. Nice. And if you start positioning yourself as an expert and a thought leader, then you'll attract bigger things, bigger stages, all of those things. So there's a sense of being in the media, um, which is earned media. And then there's own media, which is looking at yourself as a media member what assets do you have? What social media handles do you have? How many followers do you have? And start interviewing other people too. That's nice. Great strategy. And I love the never say no. I mean, that's <laughs> um, 
Tell me a little bit about why you would recommend that to people. I think the worst thing an entrepreneur can do, um, I mean, I think intuitively it has to feel good, but I'm saying don't get stuck on the numbers. Don't say, well, they're not big enough of a show. Their reach isn't big enough to be on their show because number one, I think that's when ego gets in the way. Number two, you always need to practice. And number three, you never know who they know. I did a small business radio show in a medium-sized market and he used to work at Google. So there's always unknown things that make it very magical about who they could be or who they could be connected to. So I don't think you should prejudge. The only thing I think you should do is I had an opportunity to be interviewed, but based on the website and based on what they talked about, it, I just felt so unaligned. Like, just like with who I am and who I'm trying to show up, I like, alignment I was like I can't do this but beyond that you someone wants to interview you and tell your story I don't think you should ever get selfish with worrying about the numbers because it's not about you it's about the people who are on the other end who are going to be inspired that's great I like that and and you don't you never know what's going to happen that the mystery of connecting with other people yeah yeah that's great. All right. We have one more letter in this rich formula that Heather is giving to us. I love these tips. Yeah. So this is my formula that I created, the rich formula. And the H is help and hunt. So at the end of the day, it's really about helping the media. What matters most to them is the reach, how your story is going to impact more people. Um, and you have to really hunt. So as I said before, start reading the news. If someone did a story and you know you have a different perspective, email them your perspective. Um, and then also start looking on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn for media members. Start connecting with them and just say, hey, my name is Jody. If you ever need an expert to talk about business, let me know. I'm here for you. That level of service and just like, this is who I am. If, I need, if you need help, call me at two in the morning. I can help. That really goes a long ways. That's great. And, and a media member, um, do you just search media on Instagram and, or Facebook and that will come up? So you can search. It depends on the outlet. Like if you want to look local, you can look for your local TV station. If you go to Google and you want to figure out what TV stations are in my market, you can type in TV station San Francisco or a radio station San Francisco. It's just through Googling um, on Google and it'll come up for you. Great. That's great. That would be fun. And boy, you're going to really have to work on that R, which is reflecting who you are, because I know that even videoing yourself can be yeah, a little, little scary, but it sounds like you're getting, you're going live and you're getting yourself out there on TV. <laughs> That's a think it. Like I remember last year when my husband Austin and I did a whole media tour in our Airstream, we were on Fox news. We were on inside edition business insider two times in the same week. And like, I ever thought it, like I'm wearing this white blouse. I didn't do my hair right. Like you, always <laughs> over, you always overthink it. It's just a part of the process. We're our worst critics, but how cool I think 
30 years from now, you can see it. Your kids can look like it's like your social blueprint, if you will, for life on Google, all of your media, everything. And your story evolves over your story evolves over time. Like November is national entrepreneurship month. Like you're, you're, you scale your store, your, your business, you sell your business to start your dream. Like your story always changes. That's right. And, um, you know, for listeners out there, um, I think what Heather is saying is great. It, it does change and you can live a very fluid life, but, um, Heather was able to find her passion and go for it. And things may change even in five years, 10 years, but, um, just to recognize that life has a certain flow to it and you can change things to match whatever you need at, at this time in your life. And Hey, why not take a record of it through social, (laughs) you know, kids are going to be born with smartphones pretty (laughs) soon. So (laughs) uh, why not have them have that access? (laughs) Uh, so I just want to um, go back a little bit. Uh, speaking of fluidity, now Heather has been running her agency and traveling around in a twenty-three foot airstream, and she may she may be settled for now. But tell me what that was like. What were the highs or some of the lows? And I'm reading that you're a minimalist. I guess a forced minimalist from being in an airstream. Tell me a little bit about that experience. Yeah. So when Austin, my husband, uh, we were dating at the time, deployed, I actually went back to my sorority and was a house mom for six months while building my business. Best job ever because you have a chef giving you all your meals, room and board is paid for, you can just work. And then when he got back um, from his deployment in May of 2019, we knew we wanted to travel the U.S. to figure out where we wanted to live. So we bought a 23-foot Airstream. (laughs) We literally uh, visited as many states as possible with mountains. We made a spreadsheet looking at each city. We looked at how much snow. We looked at what it was like for the entrepreneurship scene. What were the taxes like? Could we make a difference? Um, We chose Asheville, North Carolina, and then from there, we visited every small town in North Carolina and settled in Morganton, North Carolina, which is about 45 minutes from Asheville, about 110, um, or sorry, an hour and 10 minutes from Charlotte, and we bought 23 acres. We just bought five little piggies this morning. We have about 23 egg layers, and that's the good life. Business Mm. is fun, but like building your dream, Mm. like that's even better because it's it's a simple life, like holding your chickens, like processing meat, like taking care of being able to fully take care of yourself, self-sufficiency, like that feeling, because no one can take it away. No one can Mm. take away the knowledge that you have. And that's probably what I'm most passionate about and excited to learn about. Aww. And 
obviously, you know, people say, hey, if you're thinking of marrying someone, go on a trip with them. <laughs> and this is usually somewhere warm and, you know, meals are made and you're on the beach and uh, you did this for two years with your fiance slash yeah. husband. So things must, I'm, I'm just saying congratulations with, wow, living your dream, getting this property. Um, and I'm sure it was a fairly simple life being in your airstream. Um, if anybody wants to do that either for two weeks, two months, or two years, how would you recommend or what would you say to them to make it a successful journey? I would, I always say, and I believe this, like if it's on your heart and it's still on your heart, you need to do it. Like everything with us was very intentional. So we did research. We probably spent a whole year researching before we went to Bali. We spent a whole year watching YouTube videos and researching. Um, but I think if you want to do it and it's on your heart, it's there for a reason. So you have to do it. Um, and I mean, getting an Airstream was the best thing that we ever could have done. Last year was our first million dollar year as a oh company my gosh, during the great. pandemic. Wow. Fabulous. Congrats on that. Is, thank you. A lot of it is you're in a 23 foot Airstream. And that was all. Yeah. Well, that was Sometimes, all done through your Airstream or being in. Yeah. Through hotspots, living on hotspots, <laughs> this body internet. But when you're in the 23 foot airstream, you have less stress to work. That's why I love having a virtual company. There's no stress of like, well, she just bought a new suit and I have to wear a new suit. Like none of that, like, it, it, like none of that. So when you're in an airstream, all you really can focus on is each other reading and just building your business. You have more room to stress about what matters than the little things that you would maybe have in a really big space. Right. Oh, well said. Less stuff, less stress. <laughs> yeah. And and again, it is you. Everything you need is right in front of you. Um, and I'm sure you certainly appreciated environments and again mountains and nature. You were so close to that. That's lovely. Yeah. Mm. It's a good life. Well, Heather, how can our listeners get a hold of you? Yeah, so you can go to publicityforgood.com or you can find me on social media at Heather DeSantis. Great. And can you spell your last name for Yeah, it's D-E-S-A-N-T-I-S. Great. All right. Well, I really want to thank you so much for taking the time to be here with us. And um, I good luck on your journeys. It sounds like you're off on another one with the chicken and the pigs and so much excitement. Thank All you. Right. Thank you. You take care. Bye. Bye. Share it with your friends. I love teaching insights so that you can have a more impactful and meaningful life. It's my mission to build a thriving community of happy, fulfilled people. Want more? 
visit my website at yourspectacularlife.com. <laughs>